Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Monday, July 17th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Aomawa Shields always knew she'd be an astronomer. As a child, she had a profound curiosity about the stars and planets. Whenever I would look up, I all I could think about was what's out there? What's out there? Is anything looking back up at me? And how can I find out? In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson will have more from Shields on her new book, Life on Other Planets, a memoir of finding my way in the universe. The St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department has failed to solve nearly 60% of the homicides in the city since 2017. That's according to data provided to St. Louis Public Radio and our partners at APM Reports through a settlement of an open records lawsuit. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports. Between 2017 and July 4th, about 1,300 people were killed in St. Louis, the vast majority of them black men. But the data show that fewer than half of those cases have been closed, most often because there's been an arrest. The SLMPD's clearance rate of 41 percent is below the national average, according to experts. The numbers were better for white victims over those six and a half years. Police made arrests in those cases 56 percent of the time. The rate has improved overall in the last few years. APM reports sued in November 2021 over the department's refusal to provide the clearance status of homicide cases, despite previously making the information available to other media outlets. The data release is part of a settlement reached June 13th. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. The Illinois Supreme Court will release its decision about cash bail in the state tomorrow. Lawmakers passed a bill in 2021 preventing authorities from holding people in jail if they don't have enough money to pay bail. Instead, judges can only consider safety and whether the person is a flight risk. But the law never went into effect because of a lawsuit from prosecutors throughout the state. The Illinois Supreme Court decision will have a major impact on the future of criminal justice in the state. Downtown St. Louis has more office space than any part of the region, but companies are not looking to move in. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports on the challenge the area's central business district has in attracting and retaining office tenants. In recent years, a slew of high-profile companies have moved out of downtown or announced they will. Firms like Polsinelli and Bank of America, which have moved operations to Clayton, or Brown and Crouppen, which is moving to the Hill. Rick Messi is a senior vice president at CBRE, which tracks office occupancy and vacancies. A lot of this has to do with bringing the employees back to work. Companies want people to return back and start collaborating with their partners, you know, Tuesday through Friday. Messi says work from home has been effective and companies are looking for ways to encourage employees to be in person. He says that means moving to newer office spaces that offer amenities like gyms, full-service cafeterias, restaurants, and other perks. I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. Reopening plans have been announced for a historic theater in the Del Mar Loop. The new owners of the Tivoli Theater plan to open the doors in September after $1 million in renovations. The St. Louis Business Journal reports one family church purchased the venue in late 2021 for more than $4 million. Plans call for movies to be shown on the first Friday of the month starting in September with a pre-show by local artists. The theater shut down in March 2020. The operators at the time described that closing as temporary. 
The African and African American Studies Department at Washington University begins a week-long institute today to help educators teach students about race and medicine, slavery, and black movements in St. Louis. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. Students in Summer Harris's classes constantly ask her about black history. They want to know more about famous black St. Louisans, HBCUs, and the Black Lives Matter movement. Harris is a dance teacher at Grand Center Arts Academy. She is aware of some black history and incorporates it into her dance classes, but wants to learn more to better inform students about black culture and its influence on St. Louis. And I tell my students when we're doing hip hop, I say, hey, let's look at a video and watch these kids in Africa dancing. And look at that. Look at how that has impacted what you're doing on TikTok right now. Harris plans to incorporate the history lessons from the Summer Institute to help inspire students who come from impoverished communities. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Uh, Omawa Shields has always been fascinated with the stars and the universe beyond the solar system. As a leading astronomer and astrobiologist, Shields studies if planets beyond the galaxy could support life. But it's her personal journey that's the center of her new book, Life on Other Planets, a memoir of finding my way in the universe. Shields spoke with St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson about it. What was it about the stars, the planets, and the galaxies that led you to become an astronomer? Well, when I would look up at the sky, and that was often, that I looked up so much that I often bumped into things on the street, like telephone poles and (laughs) and street signs. And whenever I would look up, all I could think about was what's out there? What's out there? Is anything looking back up at me? And how can I find out? And that really started it all for me. There was a point in time when you realized you were having this internal conflict between your love of astronomy and your love of the arts when you were working on your PhD the first time around. And you even had a professor that suggested that you didn't belong. How did that lead to you doing a complete U-turn and becoming an actress? Well, it made a big impression on me. I Honestly, I had started grad school in astrophysics the first time around almost on autopilot. I thought that's what you do. You do four years of an uh, undergraduate degree. And if you're going to stay in pure science, then you need to get a PhD. So I hadn't made a really conscious choice. And already as an undergrad, I had that inner conflict was manifesting. I was taking acting courses at MIT and my astronomy and physics courses. But when it came time for grad school, I was like, all right, PhD program is where I got in and astrophysics. That's what I'll do. But that inner conflict didn't magically dissipate just because I was in that program. And so my attention was divided. And then I started to struggle academically in some courses. And it was in one particular course. And the course was called Basic Astrophysics, which I always think is the contradiction in terms. There's nothing basic about astrophysics. But this professor had suggested that I explore other career options. And what I realized is that people will say all manner of things, and I write about this in the book, and some of them can be irrevocably harmful. It took several pieces of history <laughs> to like coincide for me to be like, this is the direction I'm, I'm being led to. It took me applying to the astronaut candidate program. I barely met the minimum qualifications, and I didn't advance to the next level. And I knew without a PhD, I, I wouldn't. 
It took me hosting a science TV show and that show getting greenlit for more episodes. And yet they changed the host. And I got put in touch with Neil deGrasse Tyson, who recommended getting the PhD. And then it also took me realizing that the day job I had taken, once I realized I missed astronomy, I took a day job at Caltech working for a, a space telescope called Spitzer. There was only so far I could go in that job without a PhD myself. And so like these three things showed me that I needed to return to do that. Your work is so fascinating. And some of it focuses on those big questions that we're all curious about, like, is there life on other planets? Like, what have you learned in all of your research? Our work has shown that the surface matters. Even with just an Earth-like atmosphere, it matters. But throughout a lar pretty large parameter space, whether the surface is ice or sand or salty ice or carbon dioxide ice, or granite, like each surface type interacts with the light from its star in a different way. And that interaction creates energy and heat or feedback that can reflect energy away and cool a planet down. And this is a, an important interaction that's quite relevant for climate and how habitable a planet actually is. As you reflect on this chapter in your life, what would you say to other young girls of color who want to pursue a career in the sciences? There's no one way to be a scientist. There's no one way to be an artist. There's no one way to do anything. It truly is about being you doing it. And it also doesn't take much. Like, I'm not saying you need to quit your job today. This isn't about making radical steps. There were like small incremental steps that I took. It was not a linear path. It was very zigzaggy. And... All that I needed to be was open and willing. That was astronomer, astrobiologist, and author Omoa Shields speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson. Shields will be a guest speaker tonight at the St. Louis Science Center to talk more about her book and work. Our Jonathan All edited that report. Ashley Listenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.